You are listening to Sheet Might Fly, a podcast of serialised fiction written and read by Tansy Peter This is the year of critical roles, a Belladonna Hughes story. This is chapter 13, the penultimate chapter of this novella. Chapter 13, The Night of Sage. Third, it only takes one conversation to talk Sage off his ledge. The trick, of course, was that it couldn't be a conversation with any of us. It had to be Heavy. She arrives all in a rush, a silhouette on a broomstick. It's a new broom, I notice, sleeker than the old one she used in her student days, with a few cute baubles strung over the bristles, fashionable. As she approaches us, me, Nightshade and Vale, standing awkwardly at the edge of the ornamental lake, a plate of ginger biscuits appear in her hands, which means she's nervous or possibly just breathing in and out. Her magic likes everyone to make themselves comfortable. It's not weird. She shoves the plate at me, barely looking at any of us, and wades directly into the water, heading for Sage and his imminent nervous breakdown. I used to feel weird about their friendship in the early days. It's a tough thing to swallow knowing that your girlfriend has an ex in her life who'd take a bullet for her fight nice troll, throw himself off a custard cavern into jellybean territory. All the great sacrifice moves. I have been watching way too much Cake Wizards tonight, can you tell? Also, still drunk. Anyway, I got over myself quietly. Sage has been a good housemate. Also, he'd take a bullet for, like, any of his friends. Maybe even me. Sage. I can see it so clearly. How the spell would unfold. The random element. One cosmic dice throw of fuckery. Maybe my heat and power would end up in some null librarian or a basilisk king I hate. Or Archibald bloody Charmsnare the third. Maybe Vale would end up with no magic. Or Liza's bone magic. Or Hebe's throw cushion magic. No, not Hebe's magic. She's safe. Hebe doesn't go here anymore. Maybe, if I've got this right, the entire fabric of Belladonna U would hover in a single perfect magical moment. Which, in which everyone has all the magic and no magic all at once. Maybe I should have got some fucking sleep recently. Maybe I just want it all to burn. Sage, says a voice, and it's her, my Hebe. Her presence feels like a cosy blanket and a bowl of soup and a long lie-in on a Sunday. Hebe, I say, choking a little on her name. Make it stop. Hebe. There's something wrong with Sage. No, like really wrong. I've known him for what feels like most of my life. He's one of my favourite people. Sometimes he feels like more a part of me than my twin. I know his voice, his stupid jokes, his physical presence. How long has this been going on? How long is it since I saw him, let alone really looked at him? Because I would have known, wouldn't I? Before it got this far. 
There's something in his bones that doesn't belong to him. Not fire, not ice. An entirely new kind of magic. It's eating him alive. Jules. Sage is the best thing that happened to me this year. We haven't always been at 100% for each other. He's been distant, I've been absent. But when we're in sync, it's so bloody good. Sometimes it's just both being tired and worn out and pissed off at the world at the same time and taking comfort in each other's presence. And I didn't know. Didn't see what was happening. Hebe fucking Hallow took one look at him and she saw it. I'm supposed to be observant for a living. Oh, I think I'm going to be sick again. Viola. Hebe is standing close to Sage. Too close to be safe if this thing is as dangerous as she thinks, then it gets worse because she puts her arm around him, hugging him fiercely, as if somehow her perfect friendship connection will heal whatever horrifying magic threat has wormed its way into his body. Demon possession? Whatever it is, it caused him to fail his exams, and that is not okay. Sage bursts into flames. Jules stifles a cry. Chauvelin holds him back. Hebe just keeps hugging Sage. The flames turn green, then purple. The waters of the ornamental lake rise up, transforming into some kind of pale blanket that wraps itself around Sage and Hebe, dowsing the flame. No, I spoke too soon. Now the lake itself is on fire around them. Not a natural flame. It's blue and smells like death. Sage cries out, screams. His head is thrown back out of the safety of the blanket. White smoke or steam pours from his eyes. A terrifying, seething vapour. And then, as I stand uselessly on the side of the lake with my two best friends, we see a black shape tear away from Hebe, coming up. Out of the flames and the smoke, a very familiar shape. It's a phoenix, made from ink. I always told Shove it was a pretentious choice. I guess I'm eating my words. The phoenix wraps itself around the bone-white vapour, containing it into a black ball of caged magic. The flames die out. Hebe reaches one hand out towards the hovering ball of magic, wrapped in magic that used to be a phoenix tattoo and something sinister inside our friend. As she connects with the ball of magic, it transforms itself into a throw cushion. Thanks for listening to Sheep Might Fly. Come back next week for the final episode of the Year of Critical Roles, after which I'll be returning to the second half of Musketeer Space for the rest of the year. Uh, if you are a patron subscriber, you'll be able to read the ebook of um, of the Year of Critical Roles. Uh, you can also, if you pledge at two level two dollars or above per month, which is the bonus ebook level. You can download last year's story, also set during this same year, 
which is all about what uh, really what Holly was going through in April and the building of her relationship with Juniper and also featuring the same lake. So that one is called Untitled Cryptid Album and it's currently exclusive to Patreon subscribers. Now, at some point when I write a third story to go with all this, I'll be releasing the third collection of Veladon You, and that will include this one, it'll include Untitled Cryptid Album and a bunch of bonus extras. And I'm not saying it's going to be the last ever Belladonna You, but, you know, a lot of them seem to have left university now, so let's just say there will very much be a pause once the third collection is released. Okay, uh, so you can sign up for my author newsletter for updates. Follow me on Twitter at TansyRR or at Sheep Might Fly, which I'm terrible about updating. Find me on Facebook at TansyRR Books. And if you like this podcast, consider supporting me at Patreon, where you can receive all kinds of cool rewards, early ebooks, and exclusive stories for a small monthly pledge. See you next week.